This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Can, can America, can the West afford another war at this time? I, I think the answer is absolutely. Um, America can certainly afford to stand with Israel and to support Israel's military needs. And we also can and must support Ukraine in its struggle against Russia. And look, the American economy is doing extremely well. It's doing so well. I know none of us can believe how great the economy is, how wonderful the, the economy. I've never seen it. So, and we, we almost hope there are going to be more wars to pay for. Of course, that's uh, Janet Yellen. Uh, Treasury Secretary, and uh, of course we can afford these wars. Don't be stupid. Come on. You know how many wars we can afford? We don't even know how many wars we can afford. We might find out under Joe Biden how many wars we can afford. And when you say, uh, can we afford it? Can we afford it? They just put it on the tab for the kids to pay later on. They don't care. It's $33 trillion in national debt. If we started paying it off right now at a dollar a second, $60 a minute, it'd take us more than a million years to pay it off, more than a million years in seconds uh, to pay off our national debt of $33 trillion. Well, uh, once again, happy Monday to you, and welcome back. That's uh, Janet. Who was uh, that NBC fake news that was talking to her? It was, that's a kind of, it's an NBC uh, offshoot, CNBC. Hey, can we afford, they cover the business angle, you know. Can we afford these wars? Oh, sure. Oh, sure, she says. Yeah, we can afford this and and more. You know, how many wars do you want? We can we can start another war. We should probably have, uh, how many more? We should have several more wars because, you know, the Democrats, they love war because they're not liberals. They're the left and murder is their thing. Jihad is their thing. Genocide is their thing. This is not yesterday's Democrat Party, not your mother's Democrat Party, certainly not my mother's Democrat Party. Amazing stuff. Well, uh, once again, happy Monday, and we continue to be at 888-630-9625. So much crazy going on out there. The New York Post today. Video purports to show Tied Hamas terrorists, quote, tortured with baby shark-like children's song. I've got that for you. I'm, I'm going to want to play that for you because it's it's pretty funny. It's funny torture, you know, of Hamas people because they uh, they don't like that music. Because they don't like any music, do they? They they kill you for playing music. And that's why they play this children's song. And the lunatics with blindfolds and their hands tied, they're kind of bobbing along like they've never heard music before. I've got that for you. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy stuff. All right, so we've got um, also, you know, pay no attention to any of this. I saw that the FBI, and I got a little bit of your FBI director, uh, Christopher Ray, 
terrible, awful, horrible person, a corrupt person, uh, not trustworthy at all. His family doesn't trust him. If they do, they shouldn't because he's uh, not a trustworthy person. But uh, he, over the weekend, um, you know, we saw on Friday that they were very concerned that Muslims might be attacked in the United States. In fact, one Muslim boy over the weekend in Illinois, a six-year-old boy, was murdered by a lunatic who looks like a homeless man because the lunatic who looks like a homeless man stabbed him, uh, the six-year-old boy, repeatedly and killed him. It's almost like one uh, example of uh, the thing that happened, you know, 1,300 times the other day in Israel. Uh, and it's a terrible thing, and the crazy man has been arrested, and that's, uh, and that's an awful thing. And it's the anomaly, it's the exception that proves the rule that that sort of thing does not happen here. But the Democrat Party, you know, they're gonna, that means the news media, they're going to make a big, uh, big to-do out of this. Big to-do. Of course, they still don't pay a lot of attention to the fact that the Catholic vote has been keeping track, catholicvote.org. More than 350 attacks on U.S. Catholic churches since May of 2020. Um, is that when the uh, the leak uh, came out with uh, the Supreme Court abortion decision? Uh, more than 350 attacks on U.S. Catholic churches. That's just Catholic churches, not other Christian churches, just in the United States. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Joe Biden and the Democrats, they, they're anti-God, anti-Catholic, anti-Jesus, anti-Christian. They're not on our side. So more than 350 Catholic churches alone— been attacked, vandalized, and and uh, firebombed in many cases, and and so on. But uh, the news media they don't cover that because that's Catholic churches, and and the news media is Democrats, and they don't care. See, they're all Democrats. That's the thing, thing about that. So we've got uh, we've got that going on, all kinds of mayhem. We got transgender uh, Democrat big man says he's a woman. Uh, I want to join your sorority. <laughs> and uh, then uh, I want to get to that because the Democrats in the Washington Post, but I repeat myself, very upset, very upset about all that. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. And, uh, you know, you got all this jihad stuff going on, and the Democrats rallying on college campuses and their professors encouraging this and because they're anti-Semites and genocidal racists, and it's very common on the left to, uh, to be that way intellectually if I may use that word in this context. But uh, here's the uh, here's a fun headline. Harvard, you know, Harvard had the 30-some-odd groups sign on to a letter saying that the uh, attacks on Israel were entirely Israel's fault, entirely Israel's fault, because they're Jews and they live there, you know, where Moses brought them when they're fleeing the pharaohs in Egypt. Uh, what was that, Michael, 3,500 years ago, somewhere in that neighborhood? And uh, 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 Michael is my uh, Torah scholar here. He's my Torah scholar. He's, he's actually some kind of Protestant person. He doesn't know anything about that. I'm just making fun of him. <laughs> he's shaking his head. Now, uh, so here's the headline at Harvard. Uh, and they, they have all these rallies on college campuses that are pro-terrorists and genocidally anti-Semitic. And that's okay because they're Democrats. And the news media would never make an issue of the Democrat Party becoming genocidally anti-Semitic. There have been a number of conversations, and I've been involved in one or two of these conversations, but I've seen them on uh, on Al Gore's amazing internet, peace be upon him. I've seen a couple on cable television um, that the 
the most disturbing revelation out of all of this. And I met a uh, an interesting guy. I was uh, actually at a restaurant and uh, uh, started talking to a guy uh, next to me. And we just started talking. It turns out he's a lawyer, and he you can't tell anybody, but he's conservative. And uh, and he said that the he said to him the most disturbing part of uh, the most disturbing revelation is the rampant genocidal anti-Semitism on college campuses and in American cities. Um, and it's the, this anti-Semitic flag is being carried by college graduate white kids overwhelmingly um, who have been educated at places like Harvard. And um, this individual I was talking to actually went to law school at Harvard. And he said that he was appalled and horrified when he saw all these people signing on to the letter at Harvard saying that it was entirely Israel's fault. And he was kind of shaking his head at me and saying, you know, rolling his eyes and saying, when did this happen? And I said, well, it's not just Harvard, of course. It's college campuses all over America, and it's been happening for years, and I've been drawing attention to it uh, for quite some time. We talked about the UC Berkeley, the students. Was that Young America's Foundation? I, I think it was, that set up a banquet table on the campus at UC Berkeley um, and uh, where, you know, it's a hotbed of radical leftism. And a bunch of smart kids set up a table. And one day they showed up with the uh, flag of Israel and they wanted to hand out uh, pamphlets on Israel, like visit Israel, the Holy Land. And they were assaulted and spit at and, and uh, threatened and ridiculed and attacked by the students walking by um, again and again and again and again and again. That was the norm. The very next day, they showed up at the same place with the same banquet table. This time, they brought a Palestinian flag and were handing out Palestinian uh, 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 propaganda, and they were uh, greeted warmly by the students at UC Berkeley. And this was several years ago now, and, uh, and that has become pretty much the norm on college campuses because the left is in control on college campuses and the left is a murderous hate cult, death cult. Uh, they love terrorism and they hate civilization. Now this is a conflict between civilization and the opposite of civilization. Radical Islam is the opposite of civilization. We just had another demonstration of that last week. And... Um, the college campuses run by lefties and professors and uh, academics and administrators uh, and the literature that they foist upon the, uh, the young people with malleable young minds. Um, they propagandize, they indoctrinate, they brainwash people to be, to be anti-Israel and pro—see, it's, it's the identity politics thing. There are only two categories of people, victims and victimizers— and the terrorists are the victims, and the people trying to preserve civilization are the victimizers, see? as like when we smashed the Nazis in uh, World War II, you know, we bombed Dresden, the city of Dresden, which was an arts center and a refugee center at the time, and we bombed them back to the Stone Age, uh, and uh, nobody batted an eye because we were crushing and smashing the Socialist Workers' Party of Adolf Hitler, which had been voted in by the people of Germany, just as Hamas was voted in 
by the people of of uh, the Gaza, right? And that's their elected government. And sometimes, you know, the Japanese paid the price. They didn't elect their government. They had an emperor. Um, but, uh, you know, innocent people are punished in these uh, tragic situations because the bad guys are in charge and they start wars. And uh, that leads to bad things. But the left here in the United States, that includes the news media, academia, uh, your average run-of-the-mill Democrat walking up the sidewalk, they're all anti-Israel, which is kind of amazing. Uh, even Jewish Democrats find themselves being anti-Israel, and that's the Democrat Party's propaganda. All right? Now, here's a great headline. Harvard student leaves lecture on microaggressions to attend Kill the Jews rally. What? I'm sorry? Did what? They left the uh, left the lecture on microaggressions to attend a kill the Jews rally. Oh wait, that's the Babylon Bee. Okay, never mind. That's uh, but here's the uh, here's the thing about the Babylon Bee. That could perfectly well be an actual headline of an actual moment on the campus of Harvard because they're brainwashing and indoctrinating the the little uh, dimwits. Just don't hire anybody. If you've got a company or a law firm, just don't hire anybody from from any of the Ivy League schools and from uh, California. I mean, honestly, um, I can't imagine trying to hire people out there in the real world right now with uh, lunatics that are being pushed out into the workplace from our college campuses, which are hotbeds of, of mental illness. And I think that's not unfair. Mental illness. But I, I do love Harvard student leaves lecture on microaggressions to attend Kill the Jews rally because they've had Kill the Jews rallies and they had this Kill the Jews document that everybody signed on to. And the wonderful people at Accuracy and Media, uh, AIM, uh, Accuracy and Media, they uh, got one of those trucks, a driving billboard truck with an electronic billboard, I think on three sides, electronic billboards. And they're driving around Cambridge, Mass., with the names and the photographs of the people that signed on to the the genocidal anti-Semite letter out of Harvard University. But, you know, I've, uh, me, I'm a city college guy. And when I moved to Washington, D.C. and started working in the news media, there are Ivy League people all over the place. And I was never too impressed with, uh, you know, it's like, oh, you got into Harvard. That's That's got to be tough. Turns out, not really. It's kind of a trick. Um, but uh, then they graduate from Harvard and, and, I've just, uh, there, certainly there are people that went to Harvard and Yale that are smart. Um, but don't be impressed with someone just because they went to Harvard or Yale. And uh, you don't think they're smarter than you, no more than you, going to do a better job than you, anything like that, because that is, in my experience, is not the case. And uh, as a rule, you know, rare exception, to find somebody that went to the University of Illinois might be the smartest person in the room. Um, but just don't buy into that stuff. And, um, and don't hire them, for God's sake. And I don't know, hiring these days has got to be a nightmare. All the usual things, plus all the crazy stuff the Democrats have piled on top uh, lately. Left the microaggressions rally to attend the Kill the Jews rally. Uh, that's Harvard, and that's, you know, that is the most disturbing uh, revelation out of all of this, is how widespread and mainstream the Democrat Party has made genocidal anti-Semitism. They have mainstreamed it. And when you call them on it, you're the villain of the story. 
You know, President Lunchbucket Joe Biden's uh, sinister plan to inflict the digital dollar on all of us is already underway, and it's very important to understand the potential consequences here because they tell us, oh, this is going to be great. It's not in your best interest. It's not in my best interest. And uh, time is, uh, is very important right now if you want to protect your savings and your retirement. You can help protect your savings and your retirement from the risks of Joe Biden's digital dollar scheme by diversifying with IRAs in gold and silver, precious metals. You get started by calling the experts at American Alternative Assets. Call them at 888-4-GOLD-20, 888-446-5320. They'll give you all the guidance you need on safeguarding your retirement savings. Say no to Joe Biden's digital dollar. Call 888-4-GOLD-20. Individual results may vary. There is no guarantee that past performance of gold and silver will be indicative of future results. Seek your own legal tax investment and financial advice before opening an account. Yeah, yeah. All right, and I've got Lunch Bucket Joe coming up, too. He was on 60 Minutes last night being fluffed by the professionals. That's coming up. Hey, it's Chris Plant, excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Book by this July 31st for extra savings. Visit ChrisPlantCruise.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. All right, let's, uh, Michael, let's take a telephone call. Let's go to Mark calling from Oatlands, Virginia. Mark, you're on the Chris Plant Show. All right, thank you, Chris. Hey, um, yeah, you were talking about Moses giving this uh, this land. Uh, it It is not Exodus. This is Genesis. Mm-hmm. Abram, later Abraham, was given this land, hence the name Abraham Accords. And then his 12 children became the 12 tribes, and his bastard son became the the father of all the Arabs. But this, this goes back, yeah, this goes back to Abraham. And uh, the left here in the United States says that uh, Israel is a colonial power because they descended in 1948, right? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the the Alayas began before that, but yeah, that's, that's when the that the nation was stood up. Yeah, the Democrats, yeah, the modern uh, modern day Israel. Um, uh, yeah, honestly, Mark, thank you for that. That's right. Uh, Abraham predating Moses. Uh, that's uh, how long the Jews have been there. Not exactly uh, colonialism. Are you into weird, spooky, and strange history? Horrifying History tells you about the side of history that people don't normally talk about. We tell the tales of haunted places, infamous true crimes, unsolved mysteries, the paranormal, and then we look to history to see where the truth actually lies. Want to get spooky with us? Horrifying History, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
Okay. Yes, Abraham, I, uh, I'm, I should be more of an Old Testament scholar than I am. And for that, I apologize. Now, let me, uh, let's, let's go back to the, uh, to the telephones for a moment. Then I want to get to Joe Biden from 60 Minutes last night where CBS News did the usual uh, job. And I'll just leave it at that because we have FCC regulations. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Donna calling from Knoxville, Tennessee. Donna, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Hi, Chris. I've been listening to you for a long time. Originally, I think you were on the air down here on maybe WIPK. And one day you were gone, and I searched and found you on uh, online. So I listened to you online, WMAL. Well, thank you very um, much. That's uh, very. I'm very happy to hear that. Thanks. And that well, I can, yeah, that I poor can silly radio station place. that that had me, and then they dropped me. What's the matter with them, Donna? Well, the, I think it might have been cheaper to use their own local people. Like, <laughs> the only thing I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> because I live in a county that 71% voted Republican. So wow. In Blount County. I actually live south of Knoxville in Maryville. Okay. But nobody knows where that is. It's in the foothills of the Smokies. Wonderful. Anyway, uh, so today in the Wall Street Journal, which I get every day by mail, um, the headline of this story is don't hire my anti-Semitic law students <laughs> from a from a law professor at the University of California, Berkeley, named Stephen Solomon. It's it's worth your while to read it because it's everything that that you preach against your, yourself. And um, it's just I had to laugh out loud, actually, at some of it, because these people are so stupid. The students, <laughs> I mean, not, not the law professor. Well, the, 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 we've we've been indoctrinating and brainwashing young people. The left in the United States oh. has been brainwashing and indoctrinating young people, and and I fear for the future of civilization itself. You know, there is capitalism, there's the Great American Experiment, and then there's civilization itself because the left is anti-civilization. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, actually, I blame it on the end of the Vietnam War when all those crazy people became professors and they've been preaching that ever since, you know. I mean, look what they did to California. Used to, we were stationed there. My hu- husband's retired Air Force. Uh-huh. And um, we lived in California for a while, but not in the crazy part. <laughs> and um, they ruined it. I mean, at the time, you could go to school to a community college for free, and taxes were low. And you know, anyway. I'm, yeah. But 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 let me just say, quote you two quick things. I haven't heard anyone quote these. Uh, um, quote gold in my ear. And one thing that I always remembered that she said was, there will be peace in the Middle East only when Arabs love their children more than they hate Israel. That is a good one. Golda Meir also said, um, uh, just off the top of my head, uh, we can forgive you for killing our children. We will never forgive you for making our children kill your children. Yes, that was going to be my other, my other, my other quote. Uh, uh, I'm how sorry. Can people forget, you know. Yeah. yeah. Somebody should be saying that every single day. Um, to yeah. te- and in fact, in the Wall Street Journal today, the the picture, the photographs on the front, the picture of uh, Israel 
burying a Jewish man who was killed. And then the second picture right below it is a Palestinian woman burying a child. Uh-huh. So it, there, there's gold in my ear right there. That's right. You know. Yeah, stop the killing, yeah. stop the massacre, stop the genocide, stop the bloodshed, yeah. stop the uh, the death cult. Um, yes. That has been plaguing civilization for centuries, uh, and it is a, a tragic situation when civilization is forced, as we were with the rise of Adolf Hitler and his Socialist Workers Party, with um, uh, Japan, Imperial Japan, and and the madness, and with the Soviet Union. It's uh, tragic yeah. that civilization, you know, the good guys have to show up. Otherwise, the bad guys will win, and we will live on one great big rock of slavery uh, everywhere Absolutely. you go, and there would be no escaping it if the left had their way or if the Islamists had their way. Well, I'm just hoping to heck that, that we get our act together in the um in the House of Representatives, my representative, which I've always voted for and loved, he has a real good, a great story behind him. But he's one of the, he's Tim Burchett, and he's one of those gang of eight. Uh-huh. You know, wow. Proud of the fact that he got, they got rid of McCarthy. Well, and so. uh, that brawl, and I want to update on that today, uh-huh. too. Not that there's a lot to update on that today, but... Uh, yeah, you know, look, the House of Representatives, you know, if a whole Washington government went away for a month, um, well, it'd be a yeah. great experiment. I love a good government shutdown, as you probably know, Donna. Living in yeah. Washington, D.C., I think really a government shutdown is uh, is great. Um, and if we have all these non-essential personnel all year long, uh, maybe we should take a look at that because uh, I promise you GM, uh, and for that matter, the United Auto Workers, they don't have non-essential employees show up to work in large numbers every day because that would be insane, no. of course. Um, well, I'm not sure. I think it's like King Canute trying to hold back the tide. You know, it's, it just seems to be. I'm, I'm just glad we retired in Tennessee, which yeah. is God's country as far as I'm concerned. Bob can go fly fishing, and I they have a great, great high school uh, program down here, believe it or not, in East Tennessee, anyway. I believe Maryland. it. I believe it. I have friends. I have uh, friends, retired military friends, that and intelligence that have moved to East Tennessee, uh, and I'm gonna yeah. and I'm gonna stop there because uh, yeah, they're looking to get away from the madness too. And uh, well, yeah, we we have we have. There's a, a big military presence here, of course. We have McGee Tyson Air Force Base, and we got Smith and Wesson coming in. <laughs> That is great. That is wonderful. Donna, you are you are wonderful, too. Uh, I'm very happy you called in. Thank you. Well, thanks. But that was so apropos when you when I, I was sitting here reading. I had just read the journal and I saw that headline. I was reading it out loud to my husband. And here you are talking about about anti-Semitic law students not hiring them. And that's what he's advising. Isn't that great? Who, uh, he, he says he. He says, be sure and ask for their name and how many organizations they belong to. And if they mention one of those anti-Israeli organizations, don't hire them. Yeah, they'll never mention those organizations again, which is why their names should be published. And they are being published, I believe, by uh, Accuracy and Media. 
Um, yeah. Aim. Driving around with the truck with the names on it. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> That's just the greatest. And they're and they're claiming, and and now the news media is screaming, "Oh no, they're being doxed! They're being doxed!" No, they're not publishing their phone numbers or their home addresses. These people That's publicly right. came out against Israel and in favor of terrorism and radical Islamic jihadi groups like Hamas, and they uh, they're on the record doing it. Uh, but they're too stupid to know that they're on the record when they do these things, uh, which is how they got into Ivy League schools. Uh, well, it's appalling. It is. It's appalling. Donna, you're wonderful, so, and and, uh, and thank you for being you, and I'm saluting your husband, Bob, right, Bob? Yay. Yeah, he's, he, he had a great 28 years in the Air Force, and then we moved here, and he retired, and he went to work for Knox County Sessions Court judge. That is great. For, Another 30, almost 30 years. So. Sound like Americans. Going strong. Sound like Americans to me. Thank you, Donna. Thanks. Absolutely. God bless. And uh, Bob, too, and I do love the Wall Street Journal piece. Don't hire my anti-Semitic law students is the headline in the Wall Street Journal, as Donna was pointing out. Would your clients want an attorney who condones hatred and monstrous crimes? Question mark. By Stephen Davidoff Solomon who I suspect is Jewish himself. I teach corporate law at the University of California, Berkeley, and I'm an advisor to the Jewish Law Students Association. My students are largely engaged and well-prepared. I regularly recommend uh, them to legal employers. But if you don't want to hire people who advocate hate and practice discrimination, don't hire some of my students. Anti-Semitic conduct is nothing new on university campuses, including here at Berkeley. Last year, Berkeley's Law Students for Justice in Palestine asked other student groups to adopt a bylaw that bans supporters of Israel from speaking at events because they're fascists, they're anti-free speech, anti-Bill of Rights. Uh, Fundamentally, their values are not Western values. They are authoritarian values. This is me interjecting, of course. He said it excluded their bylaw that they were demanding not let any pro-Israel people speak on campus because Sig Heil minus Shotzi. It excluded any speaker who, quote, expressed and continued to hold views or host, sponsor, promote events in support of Zionism. That is to say the very existence of the state of Israel. The apartheid state of Israel, they called it, and the occupation of Palestine, which is a fundamental misunderstanding of the world around them and of history. Nine student groups adopted the bylaw. They have student groups, lots of them, and nine student groups adopted the bylaw. Signers included Middle Eastern and North African Law Students Association, the Queer Caucus, no sense of irony, and the Women of Berkeley Law. Now, think about that for a moment. The Queer Caucus, Israel is the only nation in the Middle East that allows queer caucuses or caucai, and um, and uh, in every other uh, country surrounding Israel, you're likely to be hanged or killed or lynched or, uh, maybe I repeat myself, thrown in jail for being gay And there are no public displays of any of that, except in Israel. And the Queer Caucus comes out against Israel in favor of the people that would hang them from cranes and chant in large crowds, Allahu Akbar. 
That's a good idea. And, of course, the women of Berkeley Law. Well, maybe someday you'll be able to drive a car. Good luck to you. This is how ignorant these people are, and they uh, go to Berkeley, UC Berkeley. It's supposed to be a, you know, a world-class uh, university. But I think we all know better. All right, let's uh, let's see. Let's get to some. Um, and any any said honestly, the names should be collected. It's not doxing. You're, this is public record. And if you're part of an anti-Semitic hate group, uh, where's the Southern Poverty Law Center? And, and where's the FBI? We live in very corrupt times. Speaking of corrupt times and uh, ignorant people, I've got uh, Joe Biden, uh, who did an interview with uh, Scott Pelley on uh, CNN, excuse me, on CBS. Uh, what's the difference? Uh, but I, I don't really have time to get to that uh, right now. Now, let's go to soundbite number 11. I'll get to Joe Biden a little bit. Jake Sullivan, who is the cadaverous, liver-lipped, um, Juan and unathletic uh, uh, Democrat party apparatchik who is currently amazingly the national security advisor to the president of the United States, which which is embarrassing. And um, he, uh, Jake Sullivan, a week ago was uh, a, a week ago. It was, it was days before the jihadi attack on Israel. And because he's got his finger on the pulse and because our intelligence community is too busy lying to the American people and deceiving the American people about uh, stories in the New York Post having to do with the Biden family laptop, Hunter Biden's laptop. Our intelligence community lies to us. They run information operations against us. They interfere in our presidential elections. But apparently they don't inform the National Security Advisor as to what's really going on in the world. Here is um, uh, little Jake Sullivan just days before the attack on Israel. The Middle East region is quieter today than it has been in two decades. Now, challenges remain. Iran's nuclear weapons program, the tensions between Israelis and Palestinians. But the amount of time that I have to spend on crisis and conflict in the Middle East today compared to any of my predecessors going back to 9-11 is significantly reduced. Significantly reduced. Wow, you've really got your finger on the pulse. Well, then the uh, dim-witted National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan was on uh, left-wing TV uh, NBC with Kristen Welker yesterday on Sunday, who actually asked him a relevant question, shockingly. Jake, why was your assessment there so far off the mark? Well, first, Kristen, I made those comments in the context of developments in the wider Middle East region over the last few years after two decades that involved a civil war in Yemen and a massive humanitarian catastrophe, a civil war in Syria and a massive refugee crisis, an invasion and insurgency in Iraq, a NATO military operation and that's the peaceful. in Libya, Iranian-backed attacks Never on been so Saudi calm. and the UAE. Uh, as well as many other steps, in, including still going the rise on and on of a terrorist about all the murder occupied a huge amount of territory. Yeah. The sentence before what you just played, I said, in fact, that this was for now and that well, it could all change. As long as you say for now, and, and, and it's true, it could all change. He is a wise man. It could all change. He, he knows it could all change. See, he's been paying attention. The most senior leadership in the United States government, not a bright bunch, not a serious bunch. And you know who is acutely aware of this, even if Kristen Welker is not? Uh, the Ayatollah, Vlad the Impaler Putin, 
Xi Jinping, Ricochet Rabbit, they're all acutely aware of the fact that Jake Sullivan is our national security advisor, and uh, Xi Jinping would push him down a flight of stairs. Speaking of Joe, saw Joe Biden stumble on the stairs again on uh, Friday. See that? He is definitely ready for a single-level living, isn't he? He's got to find a retirement community with single-level living because stairs are not for him. America starts the day with America in the morning. Pending home sales numbers, they tanked in April, but there are Hi, I'm John Trout, your host for the latest news, politics, entertainment, business, and weather. octane action in the dust, a new film puts... Our staff of correspondents provide a fast-paced look at the world with specialized reports from where news happens. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's Amazon. Concise, accurate, and fresh each day. America in the Morning, the podcast, available wherever you listen. Yeah, uh, the anti-Semites are really on a tear. Um, Who's is the nice lady that uh, called in and said, you know, we really got to stop using anti-Semite. That's much too ginger. Uh, Jew haters is probably more appropriate for the people that we're talking about here. Uh, There is a newspaper in the United Kingdom known as The Guardian. The Guardian, and they're guarding things. Guardian sex. That's British for fires. Guardian sacks its own cartoonist, Steve Bell, who had worked at the paper for over 40 years over his anti-Semitic, that is Jew-hating, Benjamin Netanyahu cartoon. Critics have claimed that the work depicts the anti-Semitic pound of flesh trope, the uh, the old anti-Semitic tropes of which there are many. And this is a... uh, a depiction of Benjamin Netanyahu that is that is unflattering and exaggerated features and uh, makes him look like the villain of the story because, you know, the left is completely insane. But in any case, they fired their cartoonist, Steve Bell, 40 years at the paper. He does a, uh, you know, hey, one anti-Semite political cartoon and boom, he's gone. The Washington Post doesn't do that. The New York Times doesn't do that because they're they're different. They're differently abled in so many ways. Gosh, aren't they? But that's uh, that is that is uh, appropriate, I think. And uh, and it's it's weird that this thing keeps keeps reemerging generation after generation. Anti-Semitism is something I've never been able to figure out. I. I was introduced to the concept as a young child, and I was very aware of uh, all of the goings-on of World War II. Uh, my father had been a uh, Navy fighter pilot in World War II, which many of you doubtless know. And uh, growing up, World War II was kind of a part of our, uh, uh, our, our diet, my older brothers and myself. Um, and my mother, a child of World War II, who married a World War II veteran, And um, I was raised on this. And when I was a child, the Nazis marched in Skokie on the North Shore of Chicago. We were living on the North Shore of Chicago. And it just goes on and on, uh, the madness, the madness. And now where is it coming from? Well, college campuses, the Democrat Party, and the left. (laughs) 
Every story eventually comes to an end. This June, hear the final episode of Season 2 of the hit podcast series, In the Red Clay, Durham. In the Red Clay tells the unbelievable true story of Billy Sunday Burt, the most dangerous man in Georgia history. In the podcast that people are calling riveting, incredibly moving, captivating, and addicting. Binge seasons one and two of In the Red Clay now, wherever you listen.